Hello and welcome to Vegas Odds Football. I am your host, Daniel Ocho. In this episode, I will be breaking down the most and least bettable teams in the AFC. Now, we already ran through the most bettable teams and ranked them in the NFC, but this week we're going to talk about the other conference and, to my mind, the better, more competitive conference when we're talking about competing for a Super Bowl here. And I think just from an entertainment standpoint, there's a lot more competitive, entertaining teams. So without further ado, let's jump in. So I talked a little bit about the formula that goes into this, that goes into ranking the bettability of teams. What does it really mean? When I'm talking about how bettable a team is, what I'm really talking about is, am I going to feel down on myself midway through the second quarter for betting on this team? Uh, Because this is a coach that I hate. This is a quarterback who I just can't trust to get it done. This is a team that has 100 yards of total offense in the first half. Those are the worst kind of bets to make because you're miserable. The entire time you're running through it, you're watching this team, and you know that your money is essentially on fire. So what I wanted to do here is rank teams in order from worst to best, how I will feel betting on these teams this year. And in doing that, I'm looking once again at the coach, how much I trust him, whether he's going to do some weird shit like run the ball 27 times in a row, or whether he's going to go for it on fourth down for no reason because the analytics says so, or plenty of other reasons. There's just plenty of coaches who you're never going to feel really good about betting on. Even if these are teams that may overperform, or may actually do very well. So the next thing I'm looking at here is the quarterbacks, because quarterbacks are one of the most forefront level things we look at when talking about how we bet on teams, right? Because a quarterback is sort of a flashy position. It's where these guys are making their money. This, This is like the most important position in sports, to my mind. So it makes sense that in looking at how bettable a team is, we would assess whether they're working with a superstar quarterback, one of those second-tier quarterbacks, or a guy who we don't even know if he's going to be in the NFL next year. So that's the second sort of barometer here. And finally, the third barometer that I'm using to rank these teams is fun because betting's supposed to be fun, right? I want to bet on teams that have fun skill position players, fun just teams overall, fun ways of running offense, and that sort of builds into coaching. And so that is sort of the third barometer that I'm using to rank these teams. Here's our big idea. Let's talk about the most and least bettable teams in the AFC. So number 16 in my rankings is the Houston Texans. And why do I think the Houston Texans are the least bettable team in the AFC this year? The answer is relatively simple. Uh, Lovey Smith, head coach, first year, he replaces David Culley, largely because Lovey led an overachieving defensive unit on the Texans last year. But let's be frank, the Texans are a rebuilding team. We're in, let's say, year two of a really hard rebuild. They moved on from Deshaun Watson mercifully for the franchise. They fired their first-year head coach from last year. They're still in the process of gaining back draft capital that they lost in David Johnson trade a few years ago. They're running out David Mills here at quarterback, and Davis Mills actually was a pretty competent player at the end of last year. I think he surprised a lot of people, myself included, but I also think that to expect them to be a really competitive, fun team to bet on week to week is really asking a lot when you look at this roster. This is a roster that may surprise some people. That they may have some upsets. I don't think they're going to end up being the worst team in the AFC. I think uh, Lovey Smith is going to coach these guys up a bit. 
but there's still not a team that I'm ever going to feel super great about betting on. In terms of fun, uh, I look a lot to skill position players, right? I'm looking at Brandon Cooks, and I'm looking at an offense here that's really bereft of talent. There's not a lot of really uh, big-name guys here on offense. I know that they didn't have a lot of draft capital the last few years, but you're really seeing what the cost of not having that draft capital is here. So now let's move on to my number 15 least bettable team, and this is going to surprise some people. My number 15 most bettable team in the AFC this year is the Cleveland Browns. Now, let me just put this out there. I'll say it up front. I'm a Steelers fan. I am biased against the Browns, but this is a complicated ranking, right? Because the Browns are going to have a very competent defensive unit. They have some real skill players on, on the offensive side of the ball. They brought in Amari Cooper with that big trade from the Cowboys. They have Nick Chubb. They have Kareem Hunt. They have a complicated quarterback situation in terms of trading for Deshaun Watson and giving him basically $300 million despite his pending sexual assault allegations. And they also have Baker Mayfield as of right now on their roster. I don't believe that Baker will be on this roster comes the season's time. As we're recording this, I don't know the length of Deshaun Watson's suspension. Uh, the expectation is that it will be between four and ten games and that we'll get word on that prior to the start of training camp. But just in terms of betting on this team, anyone who's watched the Browns over the last 20 years will tell you the Browns are not a fun team to bet on. Stefanski is, in my mind, one of the more overrated head coaches in the AFC. He did some good things with Baker Mayfield two years ago. Baker played through a lot of injuries last year, but this was a disappointing offense last year. This Browns team over the last three to four years has just been a, a major disappointment offensively. I understand that they can run the ball really well. They rely on play action. They do some things well, but you have to be lying to me if you tell me that over the last three or four years, you've enjoyed any part of watching this Browns team. I, I get that they brought in Deshaun Watson and they're banking on him being a superstar level player to elevate that team and elevate that talent there. But there are so many questions for me going into the season besides the off-field narratives, the off-field toxicity that's coming with the Deshaun Watson drama, especially with the recent developments in terms of the league possibly being involved, the Texans possibly being involved in some of these allegations. All of this stinks to me. I want to stay as far away from this team as possible. I think people are overrating the Browns based on their love for Stefanski and what seems like a sort of weird obsession with this team over the last several years. This team just isn't the sum of its parts. It, it doesn't add up to a competitive football team. And on a week-to-week -week basis, I don't think this is a very fun team. I understand that they dominate the line of scrimmage with their run game, and they have a lot of defensive talent in terms of Miles Garrett really running past guys and just being a freakish defensive player. But to me, this sort of run, play action, weird sort of quarterback vibes, they're, they're not something I want to bet on week to week. And not for nothing, the Browns, until proven otherwise, are a cursed franchise. You're going to feel like shit betting on them in the third quarter when they have 100 yards of total offense, and whoever the backup quarterback for Deshaun Watson is in week six, because he's still not playing yet, has thrown two interceptions. So stay away from them. I think they are the second worst bettable team this year going into the year, ahead of only the Texans. So that should tell you what I think of this team. Moving on, my number four most bettable team in the AFC, the New York Jets. And why do I have the Jets ranked where I do? Head coach Robert Sala. I don't know what to make of Sala. I think he really did a good job with this team last year. Um, in terms of coaching them up and really being a competitive team. I mean, the Jets last year, they beat the Bengals, uh, the Super Bowl team. They beat the one-seed Titans. They were beating some really good teams. It wasn't like they were a complete rollover team the way they have been uh, under Gase in the last several years. 
So while I appreciate what the Jets are building here, my big question mark and, and what makes them not as bettable as they otherwise might be to me is Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson, to me, is one of the least trustworthy quarterbacks in the NFL this year. He may come out this year and prove that he is another Josh Allen sort of type talent where he's a raw prospect who requires some time to develop. They certainly had a great draft. Um, I really like a lot of what the Jets did in the NFL draft this year in terms of bringing in talent at running back at receiver. But what I don't love is they are banking on a lot of these draft picks hitting and making an immediate impact. And while we've seen teams like the Bengals really have immense success with those draft picks coming in and leading you to be a contender immediately, I'm not sure that's a replicable process for the Jets here. I would be a little more comfortable if they had done a little more in free agency and put together a more complete roster in terms of veterans and young guys. And I actually think there is a lot of fun factor here. It's just that I don't think the fun factor and my appreciation for the head coach can overcome what I think is a major question mark in Zach Wilson. Moving on, let's talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jacksonville Jaguars' new head coach, Doug Peterson, Super Bowl champion. We all know what he did with Nick Foles, with Carson Wentz, quarterback Trevor Lawrence coming off a disgustingly terrible rookie season. Uh, He survived Urban Meyer, one of the worst head coaches of the last 20 years, and they brought in some big quote-unquote free agents. Uh, Their big free agents were Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, Evan Ingram. I almost can't say it without laughing because they gave Christian Kirk so much money that they essentially broke the NFL wide receiver market. But Listen, these guys are competent players. I I think Christian Kirk is a competent player, and the reality of having a team in Jacksonville is you have to overpay for guys from time to time. So while I'm sympathetic to that, and I do like Doug Peterson as a coach, and, and I do think Trevor Lawrence may actually emerge this year as the player and the talent that people thought he was in college and that he was drafted to be, I'm not going to hitch my wagon to them. I'm going to wait and see with this team. They're very similar to the Jets in this way, where they're in a wait and see zone for me. Early in the season, I want to watch them play. I want to see what this team is like, how this team is being coached. If they're playing hard, whether they can respond to being punched in the mouth. Because to me, that's a real strong sign of coaching. We saw that a lot from a piss-poor Lions team last year. They were getting shit-pumped early in the season. And you know what? They still played hard. And as the season progressed, we saw that that Lions team progressively get better. And they were in games. They should have won some games. They should have beat the Steelers in midseason. That's what I'm looking for from both the Jets and the Jaguars. So if they, in the early season, show me something, I would not be opposed to betting on them as the season progresses. Let's move on now to what I call the OK Maybes. The OK Maybes are the teams that, in all likelihood, we're going to derive the most value from this season because they're not quite good enough to be thought of in that top upper echelon tier. And there are weeks where they are going to kick us in the teeth by just underperforming and likely becoming overrated just by virtue of beating up on bad teams and not quite being able to always take care of business against good teams. So number 12, the first of my okay maybes is the Patriots. And why do I have the Patriots so low? This is a playoff team from last year. I told you that coachability and and head coaching was a major part of this, right? And how can you not trust Bill Belichick, the greatest head coach of the last however many years, maybe of all time? I look at Mac Jones and what he did last year, right? He, He really wasn't blowing anyone away with with his arm. I was so low on him because I thought, honestly, that we're talking about like the missionary of quarterbacks. This is a guy, Chad Pennington Light, who just kind of gets it done. He's nothing special. But you know what? I went back and watched some of the tape on Matt Jones last year. 
and he was pretty damn good. He was really converting in high leverage situations, putting the ball where, where you needed it to. I actually am higher on him than I thought I was going to be. But however high I am on Mac Jones and however much trust I might have in Belichick, that just can't overcome for me what I think is a total lack of fun on this team. This is a team that wants to run the ball. They want to run the shit out of the ball. They had a game last year where they threw the ball three times, which is preposterous in modern football. It was an affront to watchable football. I watched the entire game, and I just want to say the Patriots owe me about three hours of my life because it was an atrocity. I understand they won the game, but it's not fun to bet on a team that is just running the ball over and over and over again. You know what else will not be fun this year if you're betting on the Patriots? Betting on an offense that has its plays called by Matt Patricia or Joe Judge. Matt Patricia, former head coach of the Detroit Lions. Joe Judge, former head coach of the New York Giants. Both of these guys are not offensive head coaches. Patricia is a defensive guy. Joe Judge is a special teams coach. And yet Bill Belichick, who apparently seems to be huffing his own farts, seems to think that these two guys have the makings of an offensive coordinator. They're going to be competing before the season starts for the job of offensive coordinator, which is insane. Nothing I've ever heard of in my life. And it's not even like these guys are thought of as offensive geniuses. They are, by and large, failed head coaches. So I cannot bring myself to bet regularly on a team that has Matt Patricia or Joe Judge as his offensive coordinator. I I can't do it. And, And listen, maybe either of these guys may prove me wrong. They may be incredibly competent in that role. I wouldn't bet on it. That's pure shit. But all I'm saying is throughout the season, the Patriots are the Patriots, so they likely will take care of business against lesser competition. That's just always a staple of these Belichick teams. But even against mediocre teams, I am staying as far away as possible from the Patriots, at least early in the season until I can get some sort of sense for whether Belichick has any idea what he's doing with this insane offensive coordinator situation. But let me tell you, if it's week seven and Matt Patricia's calling plays, you will not catch me dead dropping a dollar on this team. So let's move on now to number 11, the Tennessee Titans. Why are the Tennessee Titans so low? We're talking about the number one seed in the AFC last year. This is a team that was good. They they were really good. Their defense overperformed in my estimation. Uh, They didn't even have uh, Derrick Henry for the second half of the season. Uh, This guy got hurt and they still really were taking care of business, forcing turnovers. So the reason I have them ranked so low, despite loving head coach Mike Vrabel, despite loving Ryan Tannehill, a guy I call the Tannimal, I really am high on him. But I think the boat has sort of passed, right? We talked a little bit about this earlier in the offseason, but look at what the Titans did this offseason, right? They trade away A.J. Brown. They draft Malik Willis as the apparent sort of prospect quarterback to go behind Tannehill. They bring in Traylon Burks. He's a really top-end level talent at wide receiver. But I think that sometimes in the NFL, when a team is telling you who they think they are, we need to believe them. And to me, all of the Titans offseason moves make me think that this is a team that does not think they're in Super Bowl contention. They view themselves as a team that may have overperformed last year. And all of their offseason moves seem to indicate to me they're cognizant of that. While I can appreciate that from a roster construction standpoint, I'm a little bit wary of it. Uh, in terms of betting on them, season longs, and sort of any Super Bowl aspirations this team may have to make a deep run. I'm also not necessarily loving them as a division winner, or I'm not going to bet on them on any sort of season totals because I don't trust them to be there at the end of the season. Um, They brought in Robert Woods from LA via trade. I actually think that they're going to be a competitive team throughout the season, but I think that this is the kind of team that is going to get a lot of 
early action based on their last season performance and sort of being a contender the last couple years and may reveal itself to be sort of a honeypot where people are betting on them early in the season every week and ultimately they're kicking people in the teeth against the spread so frequently that a lot of people stay away from them. But as the season progresses, they're still a Mike Vrabel team. They're going to fight tooth and nail as the season progresses. I wouldn't be surprised if late in the season, this is a team we've written off, but maybe a really good spread team who's covering week to week because people just don't want to have anything to do with them. Now, number 10, the Pittsburgh Steelers, my favorite team. You may be thinking it is insane to rank the Steelers above some of these other teams. And to that, I say, screw you. This is my rankings and I get to rank them where I want. All right. So the Steelers have head coach Mike Tomlin. The Steelers had a weird offseason, right? They, they bring in former failed number one pick Mitch Trubisky from the Bears as a free agent. Then they draft Kenny Pickett in the first round. I'm not sure they expected him to fall to them. They have a weird quarterback room, right? They a lot of unproven talent, a lot of guys who aren't necessarily projected to be world beaters in that room. But how can you not say that you trust Mike Tomlin? This is a guy who got a Steelers team with Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph to 8-8 eight eight a few years ago. I don't think we talk about enough was a preposterous accomplishment. Those guys are terrible. My trust in Tomlin, coupled with the fact that even though I don't really trust the Steelers quarterback situation, I think there's some fun to be had there. I think it's going to be a, a bit of a muck fest, but I look at the skill players that are surrounding both of the Steelers' potential quarterbacks, and I can't help but to think, okay, th these guys can get it done, right? I look at Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Najee Harris, and Pat Fryermuth. These are guys who are really young, talented players who can maybe optimize those quarterback options. So we shall see. Now let's move on to the Miami Dolphins. Number nine, most bettable team this year. Why do I have the Dolphins here? These are the last of my uh, maybe teams. And the reason I have the Dolphins here is because they have uh, first year head coach, Mike McDaniels, QB Tua, Tua Tagovailoa. I can't say his last name. Nobody can. And the fun factor here, how can you deny it? They bring in Tyreek Hill. They have Jalen Waddle. This team projects to be the fastest team maybe we've ever seen in terms of wide receiver combinations. They're going to be so fun to watch. I'm so excited to bet on them week to week. They may kick my teeth in just because I super high on Mike McDaniels as a head coach based on a lot of what his coaching track record has sort of projected. But then again, it's really difficult to project these kind of things in terms of tracking a coach's offensive play calling to how they're actually going to be as a head coach, because so much of being a head coach is intangible in terms of leading people. While I'm not high on McDaniels track record per se, what I'm trusting in here is that people hate Tua Tagovailoa and nobody wants to bet on him. And I think the Dolphins may see some benefit from that, right? Because until Tua really wins people over, I think they're going to get pretty generous lines early in the season and as the season progresses. Because like I said, Tua is just a guy that people are going to underestimate throughout the season, uh, despite what may be a, a pretty hyped offseason for the Dolphins. I'm pretty keen on betting on them, and I think there's going to be some value to be had maybe earlier in the season than later, but this is a team to keep on your radar uh, in terms of early season bets because I, I just think people don't like Tua and there's going to be value there. So now we move on to the good, not great section. And the good, not great section are these good teams that I don't think are going to be great teams to bet on. So this is a four-fold section, four teams who are all pretty freaking good. And I'll start off with the Denver Broncos. Nathaniel Hackett, I've talked about it on this podcast, not high on him as a head coach. Russell Wilson was absolutely horrific last year at quarterback. I am losing faith in his ability to be a top, top end guy based on his height and some losses in his mobility and his inability to really use the middle of the field. Listen, there's a world in which Russell Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett can make it work, right? They make Russell Wilson adjust 
He starts checking the ball down more. He stops trying to extend plays and taking terrible, pathetic sacks. But there's also a world in which Russ doesn't want to do that. This is a Super Bowl winning quarterback. It's possible he looks at Nathaniel Hackett and says, listen, I came here to do things my way. I wanted out of the Seahawks because they were trying to run the ball too much. They wouldn't let me cook. Let me cook. And I'm not sure how viable letting Russ cook at this point of his career is as a winning football strategy. So while I look at the skill players and the fun factor around the Broncos, guys like Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, a receiver, um, Javante Williams, a running back, Melvin Gordon is still a really good player. And that defensive talent is also amazing. Um, I, I can't help but think while this is a team that may elicit a lot of early season bets based on the hype, they may kick the shit out of people. Uh, in terms of choking, not covering the spread. I think this team's being a little bit overhyped based on the Russell Wilson move, and I would not be surprised if a lot of people are writing them off because I think that this is a hype machine and I can't rank them lower because of Russell Wilson. I I just trust him so much more than any of the other quarterbacks we've already talked about. But at the same time, they're basically the last of the, what I would call, good teams. So now let's move on to the Cincinnati Bengals. Got to the Super Bowl last year. Head coach Zach Taylor. Joe Burrow. Uh, Joe Burrow is just a winner. I I don't love this Bengals team. I'll be honest with you. They have a fun factor themselves with lots of receiving talent. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins. It's just a loaded offensive roster. They got some offensive line talent in in the offseason. They addressed their primary need, right? But for me, I can't get around the notion. The Bengals overachieved. I mean, they got to the Super Bowl, right? They They did it all right. But even then, you saw flaws in Zach Taylor as a head coach. I don't trust him. I haven't trusted him to my own detriment in in last year's playoffs. I wouldn't bet on the Bengals. They kept upsetting teams on the money line, on the spread. And you know what? I lost out on that. I I just wouldn't believe I was too late. But I'm still going to stay in this corner where I'm doubting Zach Taylor as a head coach. He makes boneheaded plays. He seems to take too long to adjust. He's a guy who just does weird shit. And for as much as I trust Joe Burrow as a winner and as a guy who's going to get you there, and I trust the talent on this roster, I cannot move past Zach Taylor being an idiot. I just can't do it. I'm, I'm sorry. And while I think that they are the seventh best team probably around there in the AFC still from a talent and quarterback perspective, I just can't get there with them. I, I can't get to the point of thinking they're a bettable team week to week. So they're good. They're, they're going to cause a lot of heartache, I think, early in the season. People really over betting on them because of their Super Bowl run. So that's something to keep an eye on as the season progresses. Maybe it comes back around, but early on, I'm, I'm avoiding them like the plague. Next up, number six, the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay, I don't trust any quarterback and I don't trust any head coach more than the Andy Reid-Pat Mahomes combo. So how can they be ranked sixth? They lost so much of their fun factor. That, that's really what it is for me. They, they lost a lot of the fun factor with um, Tyreek Hill gone. And you know what? For me, it's supposed to be fun betting on some of these teams. And you're going to see as we get into what I would call the, the Lockatrons, my final tier that I'm really excited to bet on. These are teams that really have that fun factor still. And the Chiefs to me are a team that I think is going to struggle early on and maybe a bit of a wagon as the season progresses and that offense starts to coalesce uh, despite the lack of over-the-top early season difference makers. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if their rookies and some of the talent they brought in in terms of Juju Smith-Schuster take some time to really get into the mix there and establish themselves. But once they do... I would be keen on betting on this team, especially in the second half of the season. I'm going to be avoiding them on season-long totals. I'm going to be avoiding them early in the season in terms of money line and maybe not money line, but at least spread. I think they tend to be an overbet team just by virtue of having Patrick Mahomes. 
So I'm going to be avoiding them until they start to get a little stink to them. And once I get that stink, then I want to cash in. Number five, the last of these good, not great teams, the Indianapolis Colts. Frank Reich head coach, a new quarterback, Matt Ryan, who I think is not as bad as everyone thinks right now. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, Michael Pittman, add to the fun factor. This is a fun, fun, fun team in terms of defensive talent. Darius Leonard is amazing last year. So many forced fumbles. The way they played defense was just fun last year. It's not like they have an overwhelming number of uh, named defensive players you can think of, but Darius Leonard is is a stud. And just the way that they were turning the ball over and forcing turnovers last year was really fun to watch. Now, let's call it what it was last year. The Colts' defense choked in that final Jaguars game to end the season. People laid a lot of blame on Carson Wentz, but the defense had as much of a blame there as as Wentz did, in my opinion. So what this ultimately boils down to, uh, ranking them at number five in my bettability rankings, is that I think the Colts have a bit of a stink to them in the wake of the Carson Wentz drama. And I think that people are starting to lose faith in Frank Reich. And they're certainly losing faith in Matt Ryan. So what I like about them is these are a lot of factors that have the public fading them in terms of season-long totals. I think early season, week to week. I think as the season progresses, this is just a team that people do not trust. They want to avoid if they can. So these are the kind of teams that I love. The Colts, they're probably going to be my second favorite team to bet on this year just because I think they really have that stink. And and that's what I'm always keying in on. I don't want the team that everyone thinks is going to be a dominant team. I want the team that Everyone thinks maybe okay, but they're sort of fading for one reason or another. So now let's move into our final section on what I would call the Lockatrons. Number four, most bettable team in the AFC, the Los Angeles Chargers. Justin Herbert, quarterback. Brandon Staley, head coach. Uh, This is a team that brought in JC Jackson. They brought in London at at wide receiver, the, the rookie. We're going to talk a lot about the Chargers in our next podcast. Uh, We're going to be previewing the AFC West, so I won't dig too deep into this team right now. But Justin Herbert, to me, is the most electric quarterback in the sport right now. I understand that Josh Allen makes a lot of plays with his legs. He does a lot of amazing electric things. But Justin Herbert, watching him absolutely uncork a ball 60 yards down the field is like nothing else. It's breathtaking to me. So I am keen on betting on this team. I was high on Brandon Staley as a head coach before he took over last year. He did some absolutely weird shit in terms of going forward on fourth down for no reason last year. So I won't deny that. But at the same time, I'm keen on betting on this team. So number three for me, the Las Vegas Raiders. Why are they my number three most bettable team? Pretty simple. Nobody wants to bet on the Raiders. Everyone hates Josh McDaniels. Everyone disrespects Derek Carr. They're the Raiders. They seem like a cursed team a little bit. They bring in, in terms of fun factor, Devontae Adams, Derek Waller, Hunter Renfro, uh, Josh Jacobs. They, they have a lot of offensive talent. They have Max Crosby. They bring in Chandler Jones. This is a loaded roster. I think that Josh McDaniels has a bit of a stink to him as a head coach. I think that people in general are going to look at this team as not as good as teams like the Broncos or the Chargers. They certainly don't have the sticker appeal as any other team does in their division. So I'm keen on betting on them just because I think that there's some value to be had here. I don't think they're going to win that division. I don't think that they're going to necessarily win the Super Bowl, but I think they're going to be a frisky team that on a week-to-week basis is covering games, whether as an underdog or as a favorite against some of these other middle-of-the-road teams. Number two for me, Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills are the presumptive best team in the NFL. Sean McDermott, Josh Allen, uh, Stephon Diggs, that defense, uh, they're, they're bringing guys back, they're, they're running it back. This was a team that I think probably should have won the Super Bowl last year if they didn't choke away that Chiefs game, but nothing is given in the sport, right? Obviously, you have to rank them as number two, right? They're, at this point, the most complete team in my mind in the AFC. Josh Allen is maybe the 
funnest guy to bet on in terms of props. He, he's, he's running the ball. He's letting loose with his arm. But what sticks out to me really is that they're going to be overbet on because they're the best team. They're, they're the best team. And I don't think there's a lot of value to be had typically with the best team in the AFC or, or any conference for that matter. So let's move on finally to what I think is the most bettable team in the AFC. And, I, and I'll sort of say this rather succinctly because we're running out of time here, but the Baltimore Ravens are my number one team. And why are they my number one team? Everyone is overrating everyone else in the AFC. The Ravens were really good last year. They had incredible injuries, a, a ton of injuries last season. It was, it was unbelievable, actually. Like their two starting running backs get hurt before the season. Their starting cornerback gets hurt. Marcus Peters gets hurt. Everyone was getting hurt for this team. And yet they were competitive until Lamar Jackson gets hurt. So now they're bringing back a lot of guys. They bring in Lamar Jackson. He's, he's going to be healthy, God willing, this season. I, I look at John Harbaugh as a head coach. And to me, he's one of the more trustworthy head coaches in the AFC. In terms of fun factor, Lamar Jackson's about as fun as they come in terms of maybe the best rushing quarterback of all time. Uh, I know they got rid of Hollywood Brown. I don't think that guy was actually any good. I'm pretty high on Rashad Bateman in terms of being a replacement there and just being a really fun player who could really unlock a lot of what Lamar Jackson does very well. I just think the Ravens are going to be the most undervalued team throughout the season this year because they play in a division with the Bengals, who is everyone's darling. On top of that, I just don't think people view them as at the level as a lot of these other elite teams. So on a week-to-week -week basis, you may be able to cash in on them, uh, money line spread. They're just going to be a team that I think does really well week-to-week -week in terms of giving you value to bet on. So this concludes our rankings of the most bettable teams in the AFC. Uh, thanks, as always, for listening. I will be back next week to talk AFC West preview. We're going to preview the division. We're going to talk about who's going to win it, who may not. And until then, I'll talk to you guys soon.